0: It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson.
1: That's right, it's another super loaded edition of Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. And I'm joined, as always, by my sidekick. Call us Batman and Robin, or whatever you want to call us, the Justice League. Mario Batanza. you can find him at Mile High Mario. You can find me at Ferguson underscore 25. And Mario, I I know last week was a humongous week in the draft. Uh, We're going to get to that. Uh, Also, we're going to talk NBA playoffs, who's out. Who's in? Of course, and let me toss this in real early. We'll get to it later. The
2: Miami Heat, they're in. So What a surprise. <laughs> I don't like I don't I don't think we've talked at all about this. Who would have thought that the Miami Heat would be going back to the Eastern Conference Finals? Who would have thought the Spurs would? Probably anybody that listens to this show, Nick.
1: Hey, listen, what I, I said a long, 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 long time ago in the galaxy far, far away that <laughs> When everyone's talking about Kevin Durant, the NBA MVP, and the fact of what OKC was doing, what well Westbrook's coming back from uh, his injuries, what was happening with the Lakers, I say, you know what? There's a team in San Antonio that no one's talking about.
2: And that's They the never do. Yeah. They never do because they're such a boring team. And it's like, they're <laughs> top... Nick, their top three scores last night when they absolutely wiped the floors with the Blazers were all bench players. I mean, Kawhi Leonard looks like a top 10 player right now.
1: Well, I tell you what, we're going to jump into that because there's some good stuff uh, that took place. Also, you know, talk about the Clippers and Doc Rivers and controversial uh, plays or calls that happened at the end. All I can say about that is ask the Green Bay Packers, and the replacement refs, but here's a guy who's done it, he's done it well, he's played for uh, a couple years with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL, best known for being the Chicago Bears, number 26, the runway, and he'll tell us why they called him the runway, Todd McMillan, Todd, thank you for joining us, man.
3: Hey, what's going on, Nick, how you doing, man?
1: All right, I'm doing well, so let's talk about this. Now, The Runway. Oh
3: Come on, you got to really start it off with that, The Runway.
1: <laughs> I have to. I have to start up with The Runway because guess what? There, 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 there's a Khaki's Gap ad out there somewhere. And, and if you look, as, as the camera starts to pan around, there's a guy. His name is Todd McMillan. He's in The Gap commercial. What's going on, Todd? Talk to us, talk to us about Runway.
3: Oh, man. You know what is funny? <laughs> Excuse me. Runway came... It was coming out the first year I signed with the Bears. And I actually, before the commercial, I did a Gap ad. It was a billboard ad. And um, I hadn't seen it at the time, but I remember the guys on the team, a couple of the guys on the team, uh, said to me, Hey, you know you're downtown on a billboard. And I'm like, Really? It's like, Yeah, this Gap ad. And I just was new to the team. And it was. I was kind of embarrassed it was out, but at the same time I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm on it. I'm good looking. I'm gonna roll with it." (laughs) (laughs) So then, so then it went from being a new signed player from CFL named Todd to Keith Burns. You might know Keith Burns, Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Keith Keith Burns gave me the name Runway. Uh, One day at practice, he gave me the name Runway, and since then. Runway Stuck, and it's funny, I always told my wife, I always wanted a nickname growing up, I didn't want it when I was in my 20s, <laughs> but <laughs> Runway Stuck, and the media used to call me Runway, it was, Runway was my name, so that's how I got my name, Runway, because I during the off-season and stuff like that, I, I dabbled in a little modeling here and there.
1: So, Well, you, you can find him at, speaking of Runway, you can find him at... Runway26 at (laughs) gmail.com. You're
3: putting it all out there. (laughs) Why
1: why, why, why not? I mean, on on this show, we we, we give them everything. You know, and luckily, this is not our Real Talk segment because, you know, we can really go in real deep on Real Talk, but I'll say that for uh, another time. Uh, One of the biggest reasons that I wanted to have you on the show uh, is your story, and I'll let you uh, uh, tell it, but uh, the fact I want... So many men out there, especially black men, you know, they don't know what their number is. Right. They, they have they have no idea. They don't go out and get uh, their prostate check. And as I was doing my research, you know, when I look at the numbers as far as w- what ethnic group has the highest number, it's unbelievable. As far as prostate cancer, it is the African American community. And I know. We all love our soul food. Big Mama cooks it up every Sunday. You know what? But at some point, we we have to pull back from it. But I'll just let you go ahead and you know enlighten the listeners on you know your personal story. Okay,
3: and I, and I I can go on about it, but I'll make it pretty much quick. Uh, my father had prostate cancer. My uncle, believe it or not, my uncle had prostate cancer the same time I had prostate cancer. But uh, my father had it, and it's it was. It was funny because he didn't let me know he had prostate cancer when he had it. It's kind of a stigma where men don't want to tell their kids or other men that they're having any issues with that area. And men, in general, men don't want to talk about being unhealthy. We kind of figure if if I have a cough, I'll just deal with it before it even, if it, it has to be that bad for me to go into the doctor, and still some men won't go into the doctor. So I think men in general look at that just as a, as a whole where we have to be that bad as far as a cough or a broken leg or anything like that to get us into the doctor. It's just, they don't go hand in hand. But for me, you know, once I, I found out from my father, and actually my father never told me. I heard it from my mom. And um, once again, because he was in, I would say he was embarrassed to tell me that he had prostate cancer. And dealing with that area is just, it was not a conversation you had with your son and so um uh, once I found that out I knew it was something I was going to have to deal with later on in my life. I knew it and I didn't want to I didn't, didn't want to just let it go and I knew you know I wanted to be married, I wanted to have kids, I wanted to make sure that that I prepared and I prepared them, by holding up my end of the deal by getting my physical. And so um honestly, I always got a yearly physical. I got my PSA check and I always got it checked on a regular basis. Last January, I was just going to get my physical. Right. So I had a new doctor closer to my house, and I told him I was, I was 38 at the time, and I told him I wanted to get my PSA checked. And he was like, oh, you're so young, don't worry about it. I said, no, my dad had prostate cancer. And I said, hey, you know what, I like to stay on top of things just to kind of just to be prepared. And mm-hmm. he, he once again, he says, you know what, I wouldn't worry about it until you're 40. I, I would just let it be. And I right. said, no, no, no. Make sure you, when you do my blood work, get my PSA in there. PSA came back. It came back a little high. It was supposed to be a certain number, and it came back. Um, it was supposed to be 2.0 or lower. It came back at 2.6. He said, let's see you in June. Came back in June. It jumped from 2.6 to 3.6. I got into a urologist, and you know, he, uh, we did blood work again, did a biopsy, and then June 20th is when they diagnosed me with prostate cancer. And that was—it yeah, was a shock. It was—it was a shock because once he told me I had prostate cancer, the first thing came across my mind was, "I won't see my kids. I won't see my see my wife. I, I'm going to probably die in the next few months." And it's—it's it's sad, but that's exactly the way I felt. And here I was—I played in the NFL. I played in the CFL. I'm in great shape, but I had cancer, and. um I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I had it. I was embarrassed that it was me. I was embarrassed to tell people. I was I was down. I was down for about a month until I got a swift kick in the butt from a good friend of mine. But it was it was real shocking, man. So I went through, um, did my consultation with the doctor, and you know, August twentieth is when I had a full prostatectomy, and I had my prostate removed. And um, since having it removed, I've had three PSA since then, and I've been. Zero point zero on all my PSAs. This is the first the first year I have to do a PSA every three months. Right. Uh, second year I have to do it uh, every six months, and then third year I can go to once a year like everybody else after forty years old. So, you know that's I can keep going on and all. I'm trying to make it quick for you, but that's pretty much my story as far as with when I was diagnosed and you know um, how I got to where I am now as far as that.
1: If you just joined us, we're talking to former CFL Saskatchewan Rough Rider and Chicago Bear, Tom McMillan. And for those who are listening, you know, PSA doesn't stand for public service <laughs> announcement. announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, sta- it sta- states that here that it's prostate-specific antigen. If you want to know what antigen is, is a poison, foreign toxin, or other substance in the body that destroys the immune system. Now, I heard you were saying that your doctor uh, was telling you, hey, listen, you're young, this is not something you have to worry about, but you still felt compelled to do it. And and there's a lot of men that are out there, and 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 I've been to a doctor before, and I've heard the same thing. Hey, listen, you're, you're young, this is something that you don't have to worry about, and you normally think that the face of prostate cancer is another guy, or it's someone else, but you know, to see that you played in the NFL, you were healthy, there were no signs uh, of, of anything going on, but you, knowing your family history, decided to change something about it. Now, now move us forward. You, 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 you were diagnosed. How are you dealing with it now? How's your health now?
3: My, you know, my health is really, really good now. It made me step back and actually look at things. It made me look at my diet. Right. It made me look at, well, exercising was never an issue. I always, like I said, continued to exercise and work out. But the number one thing that I did change was my diet. I I um I lessened my amount of red meat. I've, I've uh, you know, changed as far as, not, I, it's okay. I realize it's okay to have, not to have meat for dinner. It's okay right. to go a full day without having any type of, red meat, and believe it or not, you can't get full off of tofu, and you can't get full off of other things that aren't red meat, and so Mm -hmm. I never would have thought that, but when I'm, just because of having prostate cancer, and now doing a lot of studying on different cancers and just cancer in general, it made me realize that, you know what, I need to change my diet, I need to be, I need to pay more attention to my diet, and I need to pay more attention to the diet of my family, because it's not just prostate cancer, there's a lot of other stuff that is diet... Based as far as you know, um, alerting cancer cells in your body mm-hmm. uh, to react. So now I've I've been on this campaign of just. Not only am I trying to show trying to advocate prostate awareness, but a lot of the guys I talk to, I tell them about their diet and you know, red meat at a minute, at a maximum three days a week, or or you know their vegetables, different types of vegetables, juicing and stay away from the sores like I just so many things I try to tell you know not just uh, my friends but anybody I come in contact to I don't have a problem saying hey you know how you doing my name is Todd McMillan and you know what I'm a prostate cancer survivor because I'm trying to save lives and I'm trying to make everybody aware because people there's this myth that prostate cancer you have to be an old man to get that disease right not the case I was 38 when I was diagnosed And there's another guy that I know that was a young guy that was diagnosed. Quick story. I'm also working with uh, Prostate Cancer Canada, and they were telling me a story about a young man who was 42. And because his father had prostate cancer, he never told his son that he had prostate cancer, so he didn't know his family history. 42, he had his first PSA. It was sky high, married, two kids, never realized it was in his family he was diagnosed with prostate cancer at 42, and it was it spread so far, it was so um, it was so uh, active in his body that he ended up passing away like eight months later. And wow. it's just if he would have knew his family history, he probably would have got tested earlier. You know, there's so much you could do to prevent this disease because it is a slow growing cancer. But once it once it gets out of the prostate, the capsule, then you have an issue. So, but you,
1: well, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead.
1: No, I mean, this is a very serious thing, and I know, uh, you know, on this show, we like to talk, we like to joke, we like to have fun, we like to talk about sports and everything outside of that, but uh, I really wanted to do this show, and I wanted to remind our listeners who are just listening, we were talking to Tom McMillan, former CFL player in Chicago Bears, because I think this is really important. I mean, you see so many uh, PSA, meaning public service announcements, about breast cancer and all those things, but... Seldom do you see a humongous yes. campaign about prostate cancer. And I, I want you to backtrack just a little bit for me because you said that your dad and even yourself, I mean, you felt kind of bad because you had prostate cancer. Why, why is it that you felt bad because you had prostate cancer?
3: I felt bad because um, of my athletic background. This, right. Playing in the NFL, playing in the CFL. I mean, we were in the CFL together, you know, and that was humble beginnings. And being in the NFL, being—I mean, I'm be honest with you. Being a model at the time, and just you know, priding myself on my athletic ability, and my good looks. Mm-hmm. That wasn't supposed to happen to me, right? And it just wasn't wasn't it wasn't real. It wasn't supposed to happen to me, and it did, and. Because it happened to me, and people have always put me, let's be honest, people have always put us on a pedestal because of our background, because we played in the NFL, because we played in the CFL, because we're good people. People kind of elevate you as far as your status. And now I felt like I came tumbling down. And so, you know, I was mad when my wife told people because I didn't want them to know I was weak. I didn't want them to know that I no longer was Superman, you know, and that was the the biggest part was me getting over my ego that it was, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do about it. It just, it happened. But, I can help give other men the confidence to step out, get tested, to bring it up, talk about it, and, and move forward if they are having, you know, prostate issues, if they're having any other issues that it's okay to get checked out. It's okay to go to the doctor. And, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was, but uh, that's why it was hard for me really to come out, Nick. It was hard for me to, to let people know that I had it, and it was it was, it was was difficult. It was difficult, right. definitely.
1: Well, 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 Ty, we're approaching a break. I would like for you to stay on after the break. I want to ask you another co- a yep, couple yep. of questions about this, and also I want to talk about, uh, I know you probably keep up with the Chicago Bears and also the ever-changing rules in the NFL, and I want to get your take on, you know, what the NFL has become since you've been on the outside looking in with all these rules changing. Do you feel as though you would have been able to play and be physical in today's NFL? You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, and we're talking to Todd McMillan, former Chicago Bears. We'll be back with some more important information on prostate cancer right after this break.
4: (laughs) your internet flagship station for sports voice is sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies <laughs>
0: you're listening to secondary perspective with nick ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call one 346 9144 that's one 346 9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com now back to the show
1: Oh, we're still talking to Todd McMillan, former CFL player and Chicago Bears, and we're talking about prostate cancer because I think that it is a very important subject matter for us to discuss on the show. Like I said, uh, we are unlike any other show that you listen to. We're going to give you sports comedy, but we're going to keep it real. Uh, speaking of keeping it real, Todd, let's back up for a second. You were talking about, you know, changing your diet, and I know the idea is red meat is the biggest culprit. W- what else? If you add it to your diet, are you, are, you mentioned tofu earlier. Is there anything else that you can kind of throw out there that the listeners who might say, well, if I'm a big consumer of meat, maybe I can change a couple of things in my diet by eating this?
3: Right. Uh, we, we eat a lot more fish. Uh, definitely organic or not organic. I honestly will. We'll, if we do have red meat, we'll get red meat from a farm, from mm-hmm. farm raised beef. Uh, but once again, man, we rarely will touch red meat. Now we more or you know get a lot of get a lot of protein from our beans. And I never thought that I would could go to bed and have a salad with <laughs> tofu on it or something like that. That would be my <laughs> dinner. <laughs> and my wife and you don't know, but I'm a big hunter, and so because I have a lot of wild game meat in my refrigerator, that's all we really eat is, is venison and elk and stuff like that. But um That's that's most of my red meat, but like I said, I do, um, I'm trying to think, Nick, uh, like I said, tofu, a lot of beans, we do a lot of uh, uh, pastas, I know, um, just speaking with my doctor, his main thing was he told me was when he did my consultation with me before I had my surgery was to stay away from red meat. He says there's a link between red meat and cancer that they haven't figured out, and that's just him talking to me. And he just said it's very, it's very very important, cancer or not, for you to limit your consumption of red meat. And so that just kind of resonated in my ear. And I do. I do. Like we have, I don't mess with fast foods at all. I'll pack some nuts or some Brazilian nuts or some cashews or whatever it is just to take my mind off of that when I'm driving and I'm hungry. But as far as fast foods, man, I, I don't even touch that anymore at, at all. I don't. I don't make that stop. But going back to this one quick thing that you talked about, and I don't think people are aware of this. You are, you're, you're right. There's a lot of and I am for it, 100%. The breast cancer push, I think it's great. They have done a great job with their awareness. But once again, you know, Absolutely. women know how. Mm-hmm. To market. And they do a great job. Uh, but here's the thing that you wouldn't realize, that one in nine women will have breast cancer. One in six men will have prostate cancer, which is crazy. Because yeah. there's no awareness whatsoever for men, and the chances of having prostate cancer is really, really high. You take it to the U.K., it's one in four men in the U.K., one in four black men in the U.K. will have prostate cancer in the U.K. So it's, I mean, it's the numbers are alarming, man. It's just that there's no education, there's no awareness, there's no campaigns. And, and there there is, but they're not making a lot of noise as of yet. You know, and that's what... I really want to do. I really want to make a push because if I can save one or two or you know, somebody else can save some lives, well, let's mm-hmm. do it. Let's do it.
1: Well, I can ta- I- I'll tell you this. Uh, since uh, we talked even before the show uh, started, uh, a couple of days ago, you and I talked when I first found out. And I, I-, I was shocked myself, and I started to think that way. Say, listen, I need to go in and have some tests done. And I know the biggest thing is especially in the, in the Latin and the black communities, you know, I don't want to go and have someone do that exam because, you know, it's not a, uh, a great exam that everyone feels or has a high affinity for, but you don't have to do the exam exactly. that same way. Yes. I mean, you, can, you can go into a lab, they can do a blood test, and then if somebody comes back, like you said, they do the biopsy. You don't have to worry about that old way. The old
3: way, yes, and I think that's, yeah. that's the fear is a lot of guys just think that it's the finger and yeah. honestly it you can go in there and do lab work
2: exactly you,
3: know? you can go in there and get the lab work done and they can give you an accurate number it necessarily they, you don't have to go in there and do the digital exam that's what they that's what they call it you don't have to do that you can go in there request psa lab work to be done and you can get it get it checked like that
1: Well, you know that very very true man and uh you know, I've known you for a while. We have some very humble, <laughs> humble, 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 uh, humble beginnings. Once <laughs> again, oh, the
3: Landmark Hotel in Regina, Saskatchewan.
1: <laughs> Boy, the, the, the stories we could tell. Uh, but uh, once again, when I, when I saw that, you know, my heart went out to you. I was like, well, I didn't know that. And then once again, you think, okay, well, the doctor is telling you you're not of the right age to even start to consider that. And anyone who's listening out there, uh, even my, your guy, Justin's working the boards. Just remember, you need to have that, that, that peace of mind. And, it, you know, I'm going to sing you this, Todd. It's, uh, it's something when I go to talk to kids, I, I use all the time. And it's, it's a book called uh, The Way to Happiness. And it is a common sense guide to a better living. And it has 21 precepts in it. And one of the precepts uh, basically essentially says to take care of yourself. Right, and, and we always have to remember, you know, as, as men, we are macho, we, we pound on our chest. But we have to remember, there are other people that depend on us. Maybe big mamas depending on us. Exactly. Our, our, our wife, our kids. And we have to remember, we have to do these things. Maybe not for ourselves. If you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for a lover. one. Yep. But go out and do it. And go out and find out what your number is. And just like Todd said, so gone are the days of the finger you do not have to worry about that anymore. You can go in and doctor, stick a needle in your arm if you have a with no I'm going to go teeth. in
2: today, then.
1: Well, we'll, go, we'll go in today. Well, you, if you know have a, what's
3: funny, Nick? Not to yes. cut you off, but once I started telling guys that yeah. I had it, guys started running like the, my friends started running to the doctors. You know, one guy said he, he's he been having a tightness in his chest. He needs to go check. He wouldn't have got a physical. He hasn't had a physical in years. But it right. like, almost it takes, you know, somebody of, you know, Like I said, once again, because of our background, they kind of put us on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. So to take somebody like us to actually have something happen to us, other people will sit back and realize, like, you know what, if it happened to him, why can't it happen to me? And so friends I know, they started going to the doctor for other things. It wasn't just necessarily a PSA, even though they requested their their blood work, but they started going in for chest tightening, One, one of my buddy's legs, the swelling would not leave his leg. He went in for that. He'd been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to go. And then when he heard my story, he was like, okay, I'm going. I made my appointment, Todd. Can you believe that? Like, and they will call me to give me an update, which is you know, which is perfect. Which, that's what I want.
1: I, you know, I, I tell you, I know we are men, and we do have that mantra bravado, like I said. But uh, sometimes we have to humble ourselves, and it's better to— Find out before something gets to a point where the doctor's telling you, you know, hey, Jim, uh, there's nothing we can do. And to me, that would be uh, solely disappointing to look in the face of your wife, to look in the face of your kid and your family to say, well, here's something that is is treatable if detected earlier. Correct. If we need, if we need to change our diet, change our diet, Todd. I mean, I'm doing the same thing now. And I told my wife, well, let's have more lentils and quinoa yeah. and, to be, and yep. to be totally honest as a guy growing up in inner city i had no idea what bok choy
2: was quinoa <laughs> or lentils you ever see the uh the eagles commercial where the dude puts on the quinoa burger he's like man this stuff tastes like plat like cardboard <laughs> yeah. what we want he's like what is that it's a quino uh,
3: that's i've not i've never had this many veggie burgers in my life <laughs>
1: Wow. Well, I tell you what Todd, you know, sometimes uh, we are put in a certain place, and uh, being professional uh, athletes, sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, we become the face and we take on the face of, of a particular cause, because we can drive people to it. We can drive a, a awareness to it, man. So once again, man, uh, like I told you before, I, I applaud you. There's nothing that you need to feel. Uh, Look at yourself and say, "Well, I I feel a little uh, disappointed, man, because I know you inspired me, and I got to go out and get this test done as soon as we get off the air. I'm calling uh, a lab testing somewhere. Hey, take my blood, find out where my PSA is at this at this point, because before I had it done, and my number was really, really low. But you got to pay attention to it because your number could be two, but then it goes up to 2.7." And like because I, I need
2: you here every week, Nick. Yeah. I, I lean on you and I rely on you. What is Nick Ferguson Ferguson's secondary perspective if you ain't here? Right. Exactly. What what what's,
1: what's Ebony without
2: Ivory? It's yeah. no <laughs> Ebony <empty> without Ivory. <laughs>
1: well, you know, what? and definitely, if you
3: have a family history of it, yeah. I, I think it's very important because it is your numbers, they jump. Um, and I don't have it in front of me, but I believe if your father has it before he hits 60, Mm-hmm. the chances of, his, your, his, your, you know, of you having it is 50%. So my father had it before he was 60, and wow. lo and behold, I had it. But they say uh, if your father has prostate cancer before he's 60 years old, the chances of his son having prostate cancer is 50%. It jumps up to 50%. So. Well,
1: I'll So say this. Once again, listeners out there, take this into consideration. And I, and I say this in my family all the time. Know your family history. Yep. Mom, dad, pop. Tell your kids if there's diabetes, if there's hypertension, blood pressure, whatever it is, tell your kids so they know that it, this, because prostate cancer can be a silent killer. You might not know until it's too late. So let, let's, let's not do that. And I'm glad to have uh, uh, Todd on. Uh, Todd, before I let you go, obviously you played in the secondary in the NFL and the rules have changed. Over the years, we, we looked at the contact rules, now they're talking about changing rules with the field goal. When you look at today's NFL, could Todd McMillan, the way that I know that you played the game, could you have played in this game and been successful?
3: You, you know what, they're, they're making this game so offensive-minded right. that it, it's almost not fun to watch at times. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's inevitable, the contact with the receiver. You're going to have contact with the receiver. There's just no way you can... You can backpedal on a guy that runs a 4-3 without, without having some type of contact when you turn and right. go or when he breaks. And for them to throw a flag on just silly stuff like that, that drives me nuts because a lot of times it's, it, it's just the play. It is the play. There's going to be contact. And the flag calls are, are unnecessary. I'm a big – I talked a lot of trash when I played a lot, and I – The taunting calls, uh, excessive uh, (laughs) celebration—I like a little. Were you the Richard Sherman of your day? (laughs) I used to talk. Now I like to talk.
2: Oh, come on, man!
3: (laughs) I I like to talk, but that's confidence, man. Everybody has now. Nick was quiet. Nick was quiet. I I, believe that. Oh, Nick was quiet, and it's funny because I know guys that played with Nick, and and they say Nick used to come out there. Put his war paint on, do his pregame ritual, <laughs> <and> <laughs> tie his head thing around it. Oh, I did my checking on you, Nick. Even though we were wow. talking to each other a whole bunch, and uh, they said you would always do your, you know, your Dmx little, your know <laughs> <laughs> you know, thing.
2: You know, yeah, no, I was the Dmx stuff up in here. Oh
3: yeah, but no, man, that's just you know, I like to talk. It just that's just comfortable for me. That's the way I play. But uh, the, the game is changing. And it's changing a, a lot. Even some of these tackles are definitely um, – the defensive receiver thing is – I mean, it, it goes both ways. We were always taught, you know, you – you if you got an opportunity to take somebody out,
2: you took that shot. Well, and that's all it subjective too. I mean, how do you even judge whether or not – A receiver is defenseless. I mean, it kind of varies from receiver to receiver. You think that a Calvin Johnson or a Demarius Thomas is a little better at defending himself than one of these rookie cats coming in or someone lower on the totem pole? I mean, it's completely subjective. subjective. That's why I don't like the call. I don't like the call because I can guarantee you 90% of the guys that when they
3: launch to make that tackle, their eyes are closed. Their eyes are closed, and wherever you make that contact, it just happens to be where you make that contact, and it's it's sad, I feel sorry for the receivers get hit hard like that, but at the same time, I think you're going to see a lot of guys get hurt in the future, because the guys are going to go low. Nobody wants to take that high shot anymore, because nobody wants to lose a game check. Nobody wants to lose three games, because this is their second warning. So I I think it's kind of, it's a, it's a touchy area, because I think you're going to have a lot of guys with a lot more knee injuries in this upcoming season, because a lot of guys will go and shoot low instead of shooting
1: high. Let me ask you this question. And it's always something that's debated on this show and on other shows when you talk about DBs and and wide receivers. You're often asking as a DB, you know, who would be a nightmare matchup for you? Now, I'm going to give you a couple of names, and either you can just call one guy out and just just be as candid as you can. Now, who would you hate to have to defend? The Cowboys, Dez Bryant? The Detroit Lions, Calvin Johnson, or the Chicago Bears on Brandon Marshall?
3: <laughs> hey, well, being 5'10", they're all kind of hard to defend. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you this. Um, if I had to choose one, Marshall plays very physical. Right. Out of the three, I think Calvin is less physical. Out of the three. And definitely, if I was covering Calvin, they would give me safety help over the top. I don't know, but Dez Dez strikes me as a more physical, more, um, he he would probably be the one i say would give me the most trouble because he is physical on contact. But Brandon is also. I'm just going off of his body type, too. Uh, Dez is a little bit more muscular, a little Mm -hmm. bit more thicker so, I think he would be more of a handful than the other two. You know, I know Calvin is, is very, very tall, but Calvin doesn't strike me as a physical receiver. Mm-hmm. Maybe I haven't watched enough film on him, but he doesn't. Des strikes me as very physical temperamental, but physical.
1: Right. Now, do you buy into all this, you know, uh, elite quarterback and the league being a quarterback driven league? Do you buy into that?
3: I, like I said, I think it's an offensive league now. They're getting away from... I mean, you remember watching football when we were young? Yeah. I mean, they would pound. I mean, Walter would get 34 carries a game. You know, Eric <laughs> Not Dickerson, anymore.
1: Not in today's NFL, you won't...
3: No, not in today's. In a, uh, Eric Dickerson, same thing. He was getting right. the ball minimum 25 times. They have gotten away from that, and it's an offensive-minded of the game. It's score now, score fast, or get the numbers up, get everybody happy on fantasy football...
2: And get the fans. Amen to that. <laughs> what you say? Amen to that, man. I win my league every year. I'm all about oh, fantasy oh, football. Come on, yo. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> hey, man, if, you got, if my running back got to carry the ball 45 times, then give him the ball 45 times. I don't even think they allow running
3: backs. I think running backs catch the ball at the backfield more so now than they did in the past.
2: Well, that's why I need to be a coach. I would just no, play. I, no, I would no. just know no, all no. my fantasy players whether they're playing or not. <laughs> see, see, you see that? Todd? He wants to be a coach,
1: but he's only going to play his players to pad his stats.
2: It's like, I mean, it's hey, like, hey, it's like coaching would be dope, and that'd be like a nice little, uh, nice little bonus, little paycheck. But if I win all my fantasy football leagues, dog, then we're in it. Hey, Mario would be the guy outside the team bus congratulating his his, his team player <laughs>
3: on the fantasy football league, even though they lost. He'd be out yes. there bigging up if he had Dez Bryant, they just took
2: a shellacking and Dez... Hey, Dez, you, you, you helped me win by two, bro. I appreciate that game-winning touchdown. Mario is serious, too. <laughs> and here's a, here's hey, real quick, it, though. Yeah. My team would never lose to the Cowboys. Let's just get that straight. So that whole, that whole scenario, that's erroneous on all accounts.
1: Todd, Todd, I'll tell you this, this before I let you go. This is what Mario would do. He would be the opposing offensive coordinator of one team, with working fantasy football, and just like you said, he would get off his bus <laughs> and go over and say, "Hey, man, look, great job by that. I know you guys lost, but man, I'm killing this fantasy pool r- r- right right now." Oh,
3: I can tell. I can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 Mara and, that, and that's the type of guy he is, ladies believe and believe that. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank uh, Todd for coming on and and sharing his story uh, with us. It's very important. Uh, what I want you to do, once again, go to his website, Runway26.com. No,
3: my, my website, that's my email. My website okay. is uh, www.anythingformyprostate.com.
2: All right. Dude, where should we find you on Twitter real quick?
3: You know, I just, Nick, when Nick would tell you, when Nick called me, Nick said, when did you get on Twitter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's uh, McMillan Todd.
0: That yes, is my, uh, it, my Twitter. At, Boom. F- healing, follow and, right and now. Follow
1: me. Yeah. Follow
3: me, Mario. Come on. Oh, I'll I can give you give you. And also, also, I, I
1: know I gave you guys the, the, the Gmail account, but if you have any questions related to prostate cancer and you're trying to figure out what should you do or whatever, I mean you can go to Todd's website, like he said, ww.anything for my prostate, but also hit, hit him up at runway 26 gmail.com. Todd, it was a pleasure having you on. I know I'm gonna have you back on sometime again. Keep me in the loop on what's going on. I know we're going to talk, but uh, stay tuned. We're going to get into just a tad bit of real talk, and you'll get a chance to hear Mario actually go in. You're listening to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, and this is Voice America Sports.
4: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds
3: Look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America
2: Sports Network.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
0: secondary perspective with Nick Ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call one 346 9144 that's one 346 9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com now back to the show
1: you know, crazy things always happen when we go to break, and it's good—it's good radio. But we're gonna—we're gonna get to that because it's some funny stuff. But there—there a caller coming in from Miami. Roma, you're on the horn in secondary perspective. What do you got?
3: How you doing, there, young fella? Uh, this Roma out of Miami. Listen, I work on the port of Miami. and We have nothing but sport fanatics down here. We've been following you for years, brother and we're trying to figure out when is it that you are going to get into the coaching field of the
1: sporting game. Well, wait a minute. If you love hearing me, why, does I, why does it, is it that I need to even go to coaching? I'll put it this way. If an opportunity presents itself, and like, unlike Mario, I'm not going to take any fantasy points. <laughs> 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 but if someone came to me with the uh, right coaching job and it was the right fit for me and the right uh, environment conducive for me and my coaching abilities in my family, I would definitely take a look at it, but uh, radio is fun, I'm enjoying it, and uh, as you can see, we're having uh, outstanding time, but uh, uh, thanks for asking that asking that question. If, if you know anyone, you want to toss my name out, toss it out there, but don't, you know, toss Mario, because fantasy points!
2: Fantasy, <laughs> no fantasy you, points. Need an, you need an assistant, though, Nick, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: I need I need an assistant who's going to stay with the game plan, not checking his fantasy points where were on well, the hey, sideline.
2: Multitask, bro. I'll make sure our <laughs> game plan is all about our fantasy players. Everybody wins. And nah. our team? <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I think it would be a, a outstanding move and we could get you into the field of coaching because we
1: need coaches out there that know knows the game from the inside out. Most of us sit on the sideline. Most of the time in bark out order and, and really don't know the pressure that's on the player out there on the
3: field because they're it's not just- getting the. A- matter of fact, the coach is getting a big bust.
1: Not the major money that some of the players are getting, but they got to know what it is to be on that field, crashing heads day in and day out to make this work for them. Well, Roma, I appreciate you calling and chiming in. Wade from Miami, appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at coaching, that's one of my biggest things when I look at it uh, on the outside uh, looking in is I've watched the fundamentals just kind of deteriorate. I had the chance to talk to Uh, Brian Baker who coaches with the Minnesota Vikings and that was one of the things that we talked about a couple of days ago, just the fundamentals and the fundamentals are the basic building blocks of anything and if you don't have any fundamentals you have nothing but I'm going to jump into what we were talking about before we went to the break and Todd was talking about he was runway model and everything and (laughs) I, I, I told him I said well here's something that was interesting that he didn't know but here's a fun fact for you it's not Friday but here's a fun fact for you when we played in the CFL together, and this was something I used to do, you know, I'm a brother of dark complexion. I understand that. I get that. There's certain, <laughs> things, there's certain things that I cannot wear. You know, I can't wear, like, lime green or mustard orange suit.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. I think you would look good in yeah. lime green, Nick. That, that contrast, though. Don't forget oh, yeah. purple. Don't forget, Don't it. Never. Don't forget purple.
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Re- Real talk Mario. You
2: just no, 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 it. no, 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 no. You, if you make it so, then it shall be. If you're trying to say, oh, I don't look good. No, brother, I don't look good in lime green. My skin is too light. You can do lime green.
1: Dude, dude, I, I'm not trying to look like a box of Skittles.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> there I'm have the no rainbow, dark Skittles, Nick. Rainbow.
1: Look, I'll tell you this. Let me, let me get to this point. So, so what, I, what, I, what I started doing was anytime Wesley Snipes had a movie that was out, I would go out and support it because I felt as though, as long as he had movies in rotation, Dark Skin Brothers would still be in the flavor of the month because guys like Todd, you know, I'll be sure, you know, keep watching type of, type of guy. You know, you, you're competing with these, these these type of individuals like, yeah, you know, you he's light-skinned. Yeah, he's pretty boy. You know, he's got good <laughs> hair. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at oh, me. Oh, So, so that, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was something I, I had to uh, throw out there. But here's uh, said Todd, since you're still on. You can get into the Real Talk segment. Real Talk, Johnny Manziel's speculations about joining the Cowboys – did it bother Tony Romo or not? Or, is, or was it the fact that, I don't know, the owner, Jerry Jones, who loves to be in the media, was just selling Wolf tickets for a pre-draft hike? Real talk.
3: You know what? I couldn't understand. I couldn't hear that first question, Nick. I know you mentioned Tony Romo and uh, Jerry Jones, well, but what did you say again? I'm sorry.
1: Well, I'll, I'll repeat it for you. I said real talk, Johnny Manziel speculation. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it bother Tony Romo? Or not, or was it the fact that Jerry Jones was just selling Wolf tickets to promote the Dallas Cowboys before the draft? Real talk.
3: You know what? I I think it did. There's no way, unless, I don't know, you just signed a big contract. There's no way each year, as a player, that you don't focus on the draft. There's no way. I can remember each year me and my wife would sit down and, you know, it was draft focused. Because you always wanted to know who's coming in to take your spot. Always. Right. So, so, I think, I don't care uh, who you are, you're still human. And definitely, I'm pretty sure Tony Romo was affected by it. Was he worried? Probably not. But he's human. So, there's no way it didn't affect him whatsoever. No way.
2: Oh, oh okay. Let, let, let me take it from here. Real talk. <laughs> he was absolutely bothered by it. And here's why. It's something Nick and I are very familiar. Something that Nick Starr, matter of fact, called the Tony Romo effect. As long as they're not bringing in any other truly capable backups, I mean, what, Kyle Orton is really going to push him? No, absolutely not. But you get someone in here who has the kind of clout that Tim Tebow had when he came into the league where no matter how good he is, People are going to want to see him play. He's going to pressure Tony Romo, and he's going to make Tony Romo choke even more because we know, Nick, we know he can't <laughs> handle that pressure. That's the Tony Romo effect. So was he scared? Absolutely. Tony Romo was pooping his pants when he saw that Johnny Manziel was still on the board. And when Jerry Jones didn't take him, well, then he just peed a little bit. <laughs> even if he would have went to Dallas, he... Ah. Manziel
3: is not just ready yet. I mean, no, you're, right. Done, you're right. You're right. But it's
2: it's the circus that comes with Manziel. Yeah, it's the right. same thing you're with right. Tebow. Tebow was never ready for the NFL. Manziel's not ready either. But because he has this following, he's Johnny Football. He's a god down there at Texas A and M. That's why they would want him to play. And he's staying in Texas. Please,
3: hey Mario, hey Mario you make me nervous. about
2: you take that fantasy football serious. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get Johnny Manziel with my last pick, bro. You watch. See,
1: see, see what I told you. Now, move, move, moving on to Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks are headed to the White House next week. While other teams will be going through OTAs, they're going to the White House. Is this still a big deal in, in professional sports to win a championship and go to the White House? Real talk.
2: Real talk, man, yeah, it's of course a big deal. Would you, I mean, Nick, would you pass up an opportunity to go meet the president of the United States? Whether or not you voted for him, whether or not you agree with what he's doing, this kind of opportunity comes by... You know, once in a lifetime, meeting the, the leader of the free world. Plus, we know the Seahawks are never going to win another Super Bowl for another maybe 20, 30, 40 years. <laughs> so you got to enjoy it while it's happening. Let other teams worry about getting better. You're the champs right now. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride.
1: <laughs> All right. Real talk. The L.A. Clippers and oh. Doc Rivers were upset the other night because of what they consider to be a missed call by the Fishers. I agree. And then Chris Paul fouled Westbrook shooting a three-pointer and then he turned the ball over. I mean, I mean, we, we have a game that's going to take place tonight. Could this be the end of the L.A. Clippers? Real talk.
2: Todd, you take this first. I, oh, that they had that game. They had it.
3: They had it. And that was a bad call by the ref. Oh, terrible call. Chris Paul... He tried to put too much on his shoulders. Uh, the foul, the three-point foul, I mean, what did you guys do? Did you think it was a foul?
2: I, yes, I, it was a foul. He, he hit him just, on the
1: elbow.
3: He just grazed his elbow. Come on, Nick. That,
1: that, that <laughs> counts. That, that's, that's called the foul.
3: Oh, hey, man, LeBron inc- is getting away with that all
2: damn day, though.
3: Yeah, that's, called inc- that's just incidental contact. Man, he barely touched him. Didn't affect the floor incidental the shot anything. Incidental
1: contact? Really? Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing for you. Chris Paul got that call because he is not a superstar. Mario just mentioned LeBron James. Maybe LeBron James doesn't get that call
2: because oh, Chris guess what? Paul is the best point guard in the game right now. How yes. is he not? A, he's not a
1: superstar? Yes, he he's superstar status. No, he's superstar status, but he's not a superstar. He's 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 a step below some of the marquee players. He, I mean, he, even Kevin Durant is higher than him.
0: Chris <laughs> Paul, Chris, Chris
1: Paul is not blockbuster. He's not. I don't know. See that? That's the thing. I think it's too much of Cliff Paul that's getting involved.
2: Not Chris. Paul. <laughs> hey, that was Cliff Paul last night for sure, man. Ain't nobody doubting that. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, he he tried the to do, pushing paper.
3: He tried to do too much. Oh, he tried to do way too much. So, he, I mean, they got a game tonight. They have, yes. They, they got a game tonight. It's gonna be tough.
2: Mm, here, was t- a, here was the thing, Nick. Was it a bad call? That's up for debate. Whether or not I mean oh, it, it, was of, oh, hey, oh. it was one of those ones, let's be honest. It could have gone either way. Which one? Foul. And but you know what? They showed the same thing. And like I said, LeBron was fouling the lights out. That 13 to 3, don't get it twisted. LeBron was fouling. But they're not going to call because they're like, oh, game's on the line. They're letting him play. That's good defense. It's good defense because LeBron did it. But someone else it's like, oh, you know, that's a pretty blatant foul. You yep. got to call that. And here's the thing, Todd. They wouldn't have fined Doc Rivers $25,000 <laughs> if he was right. If they were trying to cover their asses, they don't fine him. But they're like, oh, we need to make an example. He's exposing us. That was bad. Now we got to punish him. So it was absolutely a, minute, a, a penalty. They blew it. But here's the thing. In the yeah. end, the whole Tony Romo effect, we got back to it, Nick. You see what I did there? Yeah. Cliff slash Chris Paul went on the Tony Romo effect. But it's not going to matter because it's going to be Spurs heat regardless. No, there are no other teams that like. Look at the way the Spurs are playing. Are you kidding me? They are routing every single team that they play. Still, nobody's talking about. I'm the number one seed. Nobody cares. But I'm the most boring team
1: in the NBA. I'm glad you finally jumped on that Miami train to know it's going to happen. But just to backtrack, just a little, uh, just a tad. When we talk about the officiating in the NBA, and we've seen it. I mean, the Jordan rules when they came out. Because you have superstar status, you don't get, or you get those calls, excuse yep. me. And then you're a guy that if you commit a foul, the ref is going to turn his head and turn the other way because we can't have the best player on the court falling out of the game. That's not good for TV. That's not good for advertising. And hey, it's definitely not good for real. No, that's raiders. the truth. So, so, so real talk, that is the truth. And, and we, we've seen it happen both in the NBA, We've seen it in Major League Baseball, and you know, we definitely seen it in the NFL. You know, Peyton Manning gets a couple of calls that maybe another quarterback don't get. Tom Brady gets a couple of calls that maybe another quarterback doesn't get because he's yelling at the refs. He's talking to him, he's in his ear. But that's what we have to deal with. That's what we're dealing with. Now, moving forward, we're gonna talk about the Miami Heat, of course. I think the biggest thing going into this series with the Brooklyn Nets was the fact that the Knicks I mean, not the next. Excuse me. The Nets won several games against the Heat in the regular season, and just like when we talk about another loop back to Tony Romo, and I know Justin's probably upset right now talking about his Dallas Cowboys. But
2: oh, sorry, not sorry, Justin. <laughs> you
1: you have to be able to perform when the game's on the line. The regular season is one thing. The postseason is where people remember you, and you submit your submit your name. So the Miami Heat. I'm looking for them to play that, that series against the, the San Antonio Spurs and be another possible game seven. Real talk, Heat, Spurs, that's it.
2: That's it. That's all it can be, man. And I, we've said it from the beginning, Nick. It doesn't mean that's what I've been telling you these last couple of shows, these last couple of weeks. Oh, what about the Trailblazers? What about the Wizards? What about the Pacers? It's all well and good to talk about to fill space but when it comes down to it, none of it matters because it is heat and it is Spurs. Yeah. Real talk.
1: Well, I tell you, I mean, today, of course, was another spectacular show. I want to thank Mario. You can find him at Mount High Mario. And you can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. I want to thank my good friend, my brother, my teammate, Todd McMillan, for coming on and sharing his story and being a positive role model for those who – are starting about with cancer, or those who need to find out more information. And once again, you can find Todd at anything for myprostate.com uh-huh. uh, Thank you. Justin's on the boards everyone working uh, back in Phoenix. I really appreciate it. Also I want to thank Church Scientology Celebrity Center for you allowing me to use their wonderful facilities and my three amigos, and I didn't even get a chance to talk about Jeff, who Jeff is always funny, but we'll get into that next week. But I thank the three amigos. Go out. God bless you guys. Go out and get those PSAs and know your number. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, and we are gone.
2: God bless. Take
1: care. One hand in the air if you don't really care. Two hands in the air if you don't really care. It's like that sometimes. i be mean, ridiculous. It's like that sometimes. Ridiculous.
0: Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week.